Fuck scouts. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 264. I wish that joke was better. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, he does not look like Courtney Hawking. No, I'm Courtney Hawking. Oh, it's Courtney Hawking. Hello, listener. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Now, you might be looking across at Courtney and thinking she hey, looks Brett. a lot like John. Normally, she looks... And much hotter. I would ask you not to mention it because Courtney's sick. I, I, I was going to say, yeah, I got asked in the very last moment. And so obviously I, I hadn't seen the show we were reviewing. I haven't prepared any news. Uh, so just as an emergency, because I, I, you told me I'm here mostly to stop you two boys going stabby because when left in a confined environment. Yes. Yeah. But in case I don't have anything to say, I have brought a copy of Graham Kennedy's Melbourne, <gasps> published oh. in 1967. Oh. Uh, many, many... Fine, fine photographs we can see there. Look, there's, there's a man hanging salami. There's some fruit. There's a, Is oh, that one of Graham's mates? Look, Monash University. Ooh. <gasps> so in case I do get stuck, um, I will be randomly choosing some of the words of Graham Kennedy. Excellent. To use in place of any opinion I might have of my own. Excellent. Well, hopefully you, you will have an opinion because I know how much you love talking about football. <laughs> and yeah. uh, look, la- last week uh, we, we spoke about the AFL rights and it was confusing to say the least. Uh, that's because it's confusing. Yes. Uh, and, and far from sorted. So, and we got an, we got an email in ju- during the week. I'll read that out later on. Uh, said, well, what about this thing and this thing and this thing? And I uh, kind of panicked and called up an expert. So, Lucy Battersby mm. from, uh, fr- from Fairfax Papers is going to be coming in to tell us all about how the AFL rights got sorted, if they even indeed are. To the points at the current moment. And, and also, uh, also uh, how, uh, how it looks... To, to the future of television in Australia. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think we're going to go down that track. Uh, good news for you, John. Yeah. We were going to review the killing with Courtney, which which I haven't seen. So we're not going to review it. That's good because my opinion would be ill-informed. Yes, it, yes, it would. <laughs> yes, it would. Instead, we're going to look at pictures of jumpers. Yay! It's killing related because it is um, very killing related. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we're uh, we're, we're just going to uh, do that next time Courtney's on, which should be in a fortnight. Uh, so instead, we're just going to skip that entirely and waffle on here for God knows how many minutes. Or I could also tell you that later on in the show, uh, in this week's The Good Die Young, we're going to be speaking about Lone Star, mm. which uh, came into this world last year and left this world last year. <laughs> Very, very quickly. So we'll talk about that later on. Uh, we've got a letter to box cutters. Uh, we've got one thing. We've got pork. Toby Halligan is stuck in Canberra town. It's always his excuses. He's become such a jet setter. I know, I know. Melbourne, Canberra. Canberra, Melbourne. <laughs> Look at me. Swish, swish, swish. I've got my special carry-on bag. That's what Toby says. Yeah. It's, it's all, the, all the time. It's like he was in the room with us. Isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it just so? Uh, no trotters this week, uh, but he did call very apologetically, which is uh, which, which is nice. All I got from Courtney was an email. Uh, <laughs> that's always though we're going to kick things off mean. with the box cutters news. And now for the 
So it's, it's very rare that in Box Cutters News we actually give you Box Cutters News. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually news on it's, Box Cutters. It's usually news on the show, Box Cutters. Yeah. Like within the show, Box Cutters. But first up, Box Cutters News. Last Sunday night, we held our second annual Box Cutters Eurovision event. And thank you to everyone who came. It was a huge crowd. And big thanks to Seraphim as well, who, uh, mm. who, who did great work. Excellent work. They even they even picked up that glass I smashed. So thank you for that. Yes, yes. But what and they brought you a refill? Oh, yeah. well, not, it wasn't me. I, it was it was Narada. I, I knocked over Narada's uh, glass of wine, and apparently another one appeared as if by magic. She thanked me for it, did you, and I took it gratefully. Did you, did you did you knock it over, or was it the whales? It, it was it was actually my kilt. Oh, right. Yes, right. I did. I, I you know sweep of the kilt. Over it went. Because you came dressed as the entire United Kingdom. I did. I had a kilt. I had a bowler hat. I had some potatoes. And I had some whales. Yes. Which were the uh, potatoes I, under your kilt? No, no, they were, they, were, they were on the front. They were kind of like a, you know, almost like a potato sporin. <laughs> <laughs> a spudden. A spudden, I believe it's called. In, in the, With the biz, call me spudden. There was a fabulous outfits too. There was a, a very good uh, island. Um, there was a, a fabulous. Heidi Land. I'm not quite sure who she was dressed as, but she looked marvelous. It was a lot of shiny. Was, I, um, I like to call it Dutchy. Dutchy, yeah. yeah the, there was Dutchy. Oh, and there was a lot of Moldovan hats. Yes, there there yes. were a surprising number of a, Moldovan giant pointy hats. A lot of Moldovan hats. I had so much hair product in, in my hair last night that uh, when I washed it out when, it, when I got home, uh, I just dunked, dunked it in the sink. And with one dunk, the water went from clear to opaque. It was... <laughs> It was horrendous, but I, I of, course, of course came as grease. You, you may be horrified to know a few people said you look quite hot in that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you dress up as a sleazy kind of, you know, when I dress up as a sleazy European guy, yeah, Russian mafia was a word I heard a couple of times. Ah, <laughs> so yeah, and so that's that's quite hot. That's working for you, apparently. Right, right. Uh, so if I wear <laughs> if I wear a woman's vinyl hooded jacket, you look better. I look better. <laughs> The normal. That's that's good to know. It was a, it, it, it was a great night. Uh, the winners, of course, were not Ukraine, nor no. nor were they Sweden. No, Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. In, were, in were, a shock. Were they the favourites? Well, Hungary was one of the favourites I, I had heard ahead I mean, of time. I thought I thought Iceland was was going to be a, a favourite because they had the great story behind their song. Uh, the, friends, friends of- the friends of the guy who died The guy who wrote the song was supposed to sing the song He died, the friends picked it up The wife wrote out new lyrics for it They all got together and uh, and created this song The, um, the, the vibe, I would say, at the, the party It's in the island, the Jedward the number Seraphim, went The to, uh, Seraphim, Seraphim at the party The Seraphim party uh, the, the <laughs> You can't say the vibe at the party <laughs> No, the anymore. Seraphim yeah, at the party, party. Uh, the, the island track seemed to get in very well And the other one, which is uh, saying about the, the crazy Hey, g- boys and girls in this crazy, crazy world I have ripped off the monkeys by mistake uh, um, um, Yeah, I can't more than that so yeah. lots, But, uh, but, uh, but uh, no, it's the SBS vote Because you know, the SBS also has a, a vote And Ireland Came number one. It's really? I, I felt, I always it was so terrible. It's it, such a terrible song. It was one of the best songs so, of the night, Josh. No, I know it you wasn't. I, so you it and wasn't. I disagree because I, 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 I do think it's terrible, terrible music. Uh, and can, you, I, you, can I tell you, you why, it wasn't, why it wasn't one of the best songs of the night? Please do. Because it was a terrible song. It, it was. Wasn't. No, can I finish? It, it was one of the best productions of the night as mm. far as visual production goes. The uh, the the scenery behind them, all that video going on, their costumes, fantastic. Them as performers, terrible. Their singing ability, inaudible, and the song itself, farcical. 
Right. And you didn't like Moldova either, though. No, I didn't. I didn't like Moldova because I just didn't think like it's not. It's not really my kind of song. It's it's a li- it's a little bit of 1990s Red Hot Chili Peppers combined with some uh, some Cat Empire, and I thought Big Hats. That's just a that's that's just a dumb See, gimmick. The, the ones because the ones you pick as good songs, the ones I, I I can never remember at all. Well, Azerbaijan that that one. I I think uh, I, I think that was a, a pretty good song. Uh, it's a cheesy schmaltz. It was very schmaltzy. Look, it, it, that was it, it true. Was, their brother sister? I don't think so. I don't think they're brother sister because one's clearly fifty and the other one's fourteen. <laughs> the it, one could, it could happen. <laughs> the one who looked like Charlie Pickering, fourteen years old. That's uh, but the uh, like that you know that that wasn't a bad song. I thought uh, Ukraine song was quite good, uh, which was. Uh, Birds and angels. Uh, we have birds the, the, that fly so high. The point I was going to make just with the SBS oh, with one, the, um, the sand painting. Yeah, the... yeah. Well, I think we, we, people were really voting for the sand painting. That was kind of cheating. Was, I thought the sand painting was distracting from the song, which is actually quite good. But um, it's interesting, though. I thought the Australian voting is completely different, and usually is completely different to the European kind of finals. It's interesting to see that yeah, culturally, no politics. Well, no, no. It's all look. It's all cultural. It's not political. It's cultural. It's just that yeah, the stuff we liked isn't necessarily the stuff that Europe likes. Isn't all paybacks so, and, and it really screw you, Germany. You, we you, didn't you, like you, you in the war, so we're well, not giving you. There's always votes. a bit of that, obviously. But they won last year. Yeah, so G- anytime anyone tries to use a political yeah argument, it kind of falls apart when minutes later the opposite thing happens. So um, there is some cultural yeah, obviously similarity between countries and what they like. But um, the, that documentary, The Secret History of Eurovision... Which aired all last week. Yeah, I, might still be on the SBS website. That is really worth looking at. It's interesting because they actually dismissed that in about five minutes in episode two, which I, I, was, I was amazed how deftly they kind of just had a couple of experts go, yeah, it's not that. Because also the people accused of voting for each other usually have been at wars and hate each other. So the fact they're voting for each other at all is quite astonishing. Well, and, and you've got 43 countries voting and Sweden did very well without getting a lot of 12s. They kept getting 7s, a lot of 7s coming up. And uh, and they ended up doing quite well and came very close to winning. Uh, Sweden was a very popular choice at my house. Right. Uh, excellent performer, not a great song. See, my, my concern has been, though, because I go for the, the terrible, terrible, strange world, which is the mid-70s with a touch of techno, which has mostly been Eurovision in my experience. And this year in particular, and last year, it's almost like they're becoming normal pop songs now, and I'm not really interested but in that. But they, start, they started as normal pop songs. I know, been, but and that's, they've, and that's they've not interesting. Norm- no, that's not interesting, that's not to, that's not interesting, interesting. to you. But no. that's, the song, that's the song competition to me. That's the, that's the way I, I know of it. That's the way I grew up oh, with I know, it. but I'm saying something. I think the, the, the current Australian audience for it actually wants that do they glitz. do they John? I think they do. Do they? I think they do. See, I was well, they, I was they clearly do the because they voted for that Ireland I have been since since I've watched last night uh, out of all those years. So uh, what, what were your and, f- and probably because it, it didn't have too much too much Tiestro. Whereas I was just getting bored. Keys. Yeah, finally going. Well, that's a decent I, enough I just song. Find but really not horror. You know, like, don't mm. like the sound of it at all. Which was, I, I think, a, a, a problem at our party last night. Uh, was a lot of people felt the same way that you did, John, because a lot of people were talking mm-hmm. d- during the songs. Uh, and to me, it is... I mean, And we say this at the start uh, of, of the party every year. Uh, to me, it is all about the songs. And to you, it's all about the show. 
Yeah, yeah. For me, it's it's much more, because also even even saying that the Jedwood song, which I went and listened to online, the recorded version is really boring. the The live version has really interesting energy to it. Vice versa, the German song the recorded version is great. The live version is really boring. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's kind of that thing of. So for me, it actually it's it's not really a song contest. It's a performance contest, and that's how it's certainly been for the last decade or so. Well, and and Even Serbia, longer, the reason so. the reason Serbia stood out so much, and 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 the reason she was a, a, a lot of people's favourites. Uh, I think has a lot more to do with the haircut and the the sixties stylings than the song. The song was a good song, but without that added sixties styling, mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been noticed as as much. It's a really interesting look at uh, at cross cultural television and how how different cultures throughout the world. But that's my concern. I think it's blanding out a little now. I think even a few years ago, you, you got more of that. I think I mentioned that documentary that the, the local folk music with the dance beats was at least incorporating a bit more of a distinct cultural identity. Well, and even even Greece this year, the bazooki was a lot more toned down mm. than than it usually is. Usually, it's it's bazooki up front and yeah. uh, party in the back. Yeah, yeah, as the old <laughs> saying goes. Yes, that's the Greek way. So that's that's Eurovision. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's going to be another year, uh, and and John, you were. Thinking about going. I, to I, well, this was the the hope was because yeah, because next year is is a prominent birthday, which is in May. I'll be, I'll be twenty one, and uh, we were hoping to. You don't look a day over Courtney. I know we were hoping to do the pilgrimage to uh, to to Eurovision for that for two thousand twelve. Azerbaijan, not the easiest place to get to, not the easiest place to get a visa for, and it's one of the most expensive cities in Europe. So, so far, my research is not looking... Where is it? Hopeful. It's on the Caspian it Sea. It's, um, it's just north of Iran. It's actually closer to Tehran than virtually anything else in Europe. It's just below Russia. All this is stuff which I did not know until last night. I had no idea where it was until I looked up. So it's also just near um, Georgia and Turkey. Uh, and it's but that's um, as accurate as there. There is actually no way to know exactly where as no, is and it's a little there. pointy bit into the Caspian Sea, and it's it's yeah, almost like one of the most sort of westward bits, and then you're in kind of Asia, and that's actually what pilots look for. They just look for the pointy, the pointy bit, bit. Into the Caspian and Sea, and that's where they land at Baku. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's not it's look, it's not looking promising. Uh, well, uh, in uh, in news closer to home, uh, Brett. There's uh, there's this whole kerfuffle with uh, with Channel Seven, Channel Ten, Warburton, Stokes. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank God, because you look so confused there for a moment, Brett. I was like, what, what story news, is this? I wasn't sure which way he was going to go. You put the news story up. As there's there's a whole there's a whole world of you can't do this, and I'm in trouble for that. As we've uh, talked about uh, since. Uh, basically, since Jamie Packer stormed out of the boardroom at Channel Ten, and one hundred and fifty years ago you today, guys, uh, I'm going home. Which is when when the board of Channel Ten said that they were going to have Warburton come over from Channel Seven, yeah, yeah. and be uh, the head of Channel Ten. Yes, uh, to uh, take up the, uh, the the chief executive position, I, I think it is. Um, uh, Channel 7 did everything in their powers, basically, to uh, prevent him from actually uh, commencing work over there. The New South Wales Supreme Court has ruled that uh, while he will have to wait until January 1, 2012, that's the beginning of next year, uh, it won't be any longer than that. Um, I, I 
think 2014, we heard at one point, yeah. uh, Stokes was hoping to uh, to make it. Um, off the back of this, Kerry Stokes uh, is going to face uh, court on contempt of court charges after uh, he, he went out and uh, said to the waiting press, if you're saying that James Warburton, in the process of trying to improve his case, may have embellished upon the truth, that would be close to being accurate, I would think. So all of those weasel words haven't actually got him out of uh, being in contempt of court uh, because uh, it, it has been put that it was an attempt to publicly vilify a witness in this case. Right. Right. Uh um, does any, but does uh, it's, really, it's pretty much done and dusted. This does is anybody really care? Though? Bit of like a sideshow, the, the contempt at court stuff. Yeah, uh, but uh, Warburton will be taking over the the helm at Channel Ten at the beginning of next year. Uh, in uh, in probably more important news, John, uh, I, I think you'll agree. You'll agree at how important this news is. Mm. Uh, CBS and Warner Brothers announced uh, sometime this morning our time that Ashton Kutcher is going to join the cast of Two and a Half Men. Oh, thank God that's resolved. I know. I know. The whole world's going, uh, would they bring Charlie Sheen back after everything he said about Chuck Lorre? How's that going to work then? Is, is, is this meant to be like, is it just one of those things where it's the same they're character gonna darren no one... Him. Yeah, are they going to darren him? I don't, I don't think they're going to darren him because Ashton Kutcher is at least 15 years younger than John Cryer. Uh, it would make it difficult to be his older brother. So... Yeah, but that's... Make that, up. That's the thrill of the Darren. <laughs> it's it's embracing the Darren and going with it. That's you know. It's uh, maybe I he's going to be the new half. I think he's he, he is he's, he is half a man. Uh, oh, bam! Take that, Kutcher. So is the idea, uh, but what we think he's going to come as a new character who just takes the same position in the remember dynamic. In, uh, remember in, in Valerie and then Va- Valerie Harper left and uh, and it became, and it became the Hogans. Family. No, it became the Hogans. They tried to make a Valerie's family, but she wouldn't allow it. it became the Hogans. Uh, and then they just had another woman who was in charge of the house, but was I think she was like their aunt mm-hmm. or something like that. I think he'll he'll probably be uh, the boy's aunt. Sure, I think that's how it's yeah. going to work. Or that guy that comes at the end of the room, and, and on the retrospect, you realise he's meant to be the same character from the beginning who left halfway during filming. I love the room. What's the room? <laughs> yeah, the Tommy Wiseau movie, The Room. So it's films, not television. You guys, have you not seen The Room? No. It's it's one of the worst films ever made in in a truly fascinating way. It keeps being bad in new and exciting ways in every scene. The Room. The Room. You're tearing me apart, Lisa! Oh, oh, yeah, it's awesome. And I thought uh, what I saw a little bit of on Saturday night was bad uh, being Mm. uh, Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus. Oh, this is is much worse because he's he's doing it serious. He's trying trying to make a good (laughs) film. It's really not working. I don't think they were trying with Maggie Shark. I, I think they had an idea of, of the kind of realm they were in. Is this the, the 2003 film, The Room? I believe it would be. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll look that up. You, you, uh, you, you won't be disappointed. Let, <laughs> and as opposed to the miniseries with uh, Nate from Six Feet Under. That was The Lost Room, wasn't it? Was it The Lost Room? I think it was The Lost Room. Okay. I could be wrong. That was, uh, that was a nice little mini series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, IMDb, IMDb has the room at 3.3 out of 10. Yeah, it's that good. Right, right. Um, so uh, uh, I, uh, I, I'm going to have to get that. Oh, it looks. Oh, it, looks it, it even. Okay. Sorry, I shouldn't distract If you see it now that. in theatres, because uh, the Nova was running it for a while, it does midnight screenings. You, you throw plastic forks at the screen at one part. Oh. And shout forks. <laughs> Fun. 
Anyway, sorry, so, Brett. So yes. while they've uh, they have uh, salvaged three and a half men, uh, yeah. Uh, were you done? Sorry. Uh, uh, th- <laughs> is, how is it? Because three and a half now because of Ashton Kutcher or because sorry, two and a half. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was Don't just know. Brett's maths, right? <laughs> I, oh, because Charlie Sheen got so fat during the and the kid grew up, so then it became three and a half. Yep. Is that how that? that yeah, extra half. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, why? Why bother? Why not just say, look, he's gone, the show's over. Let's move uh, on I'm going to find out how many episodes it's they've done. As right. successful as Channel 9 are able to run it 12 times a week. I know, I mean, I, I and still get that. People will still watch. But that's, I mean, at this point, surely you go, well, you know what? We've made our money. We've done quite well. You know. There's still more to bleed out of it. Yeah. Tiger blood. <laughs> uh, it seems that the networks have uh, decided that there's uh, not as much to bleed out of the following. Uh, the events. Law and Order LA. Outsourced. Chase. Brothers and Sisters. V is gone. Shit, my dad says. So these are all cancelled. All- no Ordinary Family. Off the map. Which uh, Off the map? Off the that? map? That was a show? That was a show. I thought I, that was a stage direction. How long are uh, Brothers Detroit and Sisters? Detroit 187. So uh, Christopher ah, from uh, Sopranos yes, back off the telly. Mr. Sunshine. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not weeping for any of these shows so far. Perfect Couples. Right. School Pride. Better With You. Human Targets. And Breaking In from Fox. Well, none of those are a surprise. Breaking well, In is not a surprise? I haven't actually seen you. But oh, I oh, haven't you? Review it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, w- I wanted to review it so that you could see how not a surprise it is. Brothers um, and Sisters mildly surprised me just because that's going to be around for ages and I got a feeling that someone must have liked it. Oh, they must have only done three series, though. Is it only three? It just I feels like it's been so. around forever. Uh, traffic Lights, which uh, seemed to be very light on with the... Uh, Content. The, <laughs> the sharing online. Uh, Lie to Me. Is gone. Oh, was, that, was it still finally. on? Yes. Was it still <laughs> and uh, the Chicago Code. Hmm. Oh, hmm. right. And hmm. I know Chuck got renewed, but I've kind of. It, it's yeah. too hard to love Chuck now. It's too it's, hard. It's, it's just on again, off again. Are you there for me? Are you not? I, just I don't. Can't. I don't. Yeah. You know what? I'm still. I'm still watching it, but I'm watching it while doing something else. I'm watching it while reading my RSS feeds or, mm. or something else. It's, there's nothing exci- exciting about it. There's no, there's no drama. You do wonder, though, if, if they had known they could do, was this fourth series, I think, five? Like, if they'd actually known, had any kind of security in knowing that rather than this Get stop start the kind line, of, yeah. We're all over. Oh, no, we're and not. No, we're not. They were back on more episodes. Yeah, just, yep. yeah. Um, also, some, some doubt about The Cape, which we there was always there was, there was always doubt about The Cape. I enjoyed it. Nobody else did. Uh-huh. Nobody else did, but there is a great there. There is a great uh, gag about the cape in an episode of Community, I believe. This last season of Community, by the way, was just it outdid itself. Oh, I okay. I thought you were going because it was bad. That no, you were looking no, earnest. It got it's it's so good. I got earnest. Wow. Yeah. If if you have not gotten on board with Community. You really are doing yourself a disservice and, and probably wasting your life. It's like you're stubbing yourself in the face with a knife. It is. Yeah. It is. Don't do that. It's, that hurts. That hurts. And this hurts in a different way. Have we been doing the news for hours now? We have. And uh, I believe that is the Box Cutters news. Hi, this is Jane Badler. You're listening to Box Cutters.
Uh, yes, we did say last week uh, that the AFL rights were on TV and then also on the internet and IPTV. And, and it was all wrapped up, finalised. Yeah, done, done. And Brett, you and I agreed. We hugged. We made up. Anti-siphoning, anti-schmiphoning, we said. We it, went it was out, a we beautiful got a moment, yeah. Everyone, everyone loved it. Do you remember that, John? I do remember. And that music yeah. swelled up. And I remember it was almost yeah. like we were looking at you guys from above and, and slowly moving back. It was, it was really gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And then the credits rolled yeah. and we were just on an island. Yeah. It was lovely. So that's that done. Good. Yeah. Done. Hang on a minute. Oh, no, because then we got an, e- we got an email from, uh, from David Sidwell. He said, hey, team, two areas I'm unsure of, and you may know, colon. One, did Channel 7 have an option to bid for all AFL games, live or not, and choose not to? With 15 plus freeview channels, I'm stunned something couldn't be worked out. I was told they did have the right, but opted not to. Two... What exactly does internet rights mean in the context of IPTV? Foxtel will soon announce an IPTV offering. I assume that is a device, a la Fetch TV, but it shows TV over the internet and hence you'd assume the AFL. Maybe Telstra's internet rights, and he just goes, he goes on and on and on, and I read that and I went... He does go on. And I, and I went, I thought it was all... I thought it was... Stop asking questions. Least, what, there was hugging. And, there was, and I thought it was all forgotten, and we all... And it turns out, no. David's right... We know nothing. So, <laughs> I decided to get an expert in, and Lucy Battersby has been covering the AFL rights, uh, let's call it a saga, for Fairfax newspapers. Yes, I'm the telecommunications reporter. So, I cover it from the aspect of looking at keeping an eye on what Telstra is doing. Right. So, that's that's why if, if, we, if we look at... Uh, the history of your of your articles. There's a lot of NBN stuff. There's a correct. So you would know about uh, Telstra because one of the things that Brett brought up last week was Telstra having the IPTV rights to the AFL, which is mine. They've got the internet rights. They they to- have the exclusive rights to show AFL games over IPTV, which is uh, a few years ago that just meant you were watching it on your computer screen. But in the next few years, it's going to be you're going to be watching it on your iPad, you're watching it on your i on your phone, you're watching it uh, if you've got a TV that is connected to the internet at home. So a lot of people already watch TV at home, and they're getting IPTV. It's just streaming straight through their internet connection, uh, which is like Fetch TV, uh, which is iInet's exactly uh, yep. option, uh, which is a a, gr- a great thing. I mean, the this is a, a discussion that we've had. Over over time is what is the definition of television because at one point it was you could only get it one way in one on one sort sort of device and now there are all these different ways and so Telstra have the internet rights for all AFL games. Yep, I brought along the the press release. If you want me to to read it out straight from the source, yes, please. Um, so under the agreement, all matches, including preseason, home and away finals, and the grand final, as well as the Brownlow medal, very important will be streamed live and exclusive to mobile phones and tablets on the Telstra Next G network. <gasps> That's me. <laughs> Does this include all, all games happening at the same time? Is it is it all, or do they have to select which they're meant to be covering? Oh, I don't know. the. Uh, how often do the games conflict? I know nothing about sport. I just thought I sounded <laughs> intelligent by asking that question. You've ruined everything. They, <laughs> I, I, they don't conflict? They don't. Okay. We've, I thought we've there were several games on the same time. No. They used to. They used to, no. they used to conflict. They used to be, but now with eight games uh, over three days... Mm-hmm. There's enough scheduling and that they can uh, that they can all. Oh, okay. And now we've uh, got yeah. Monday night foot. 
football? Possibly. That was like one of those this year. <laughs> uh, okay. There's, there's always an Anzac Day game. Yeah. Uh, which is a you know traditional rivals game. They had a Tuesday night game recently. Yeah. 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 Um, also in this agreement, um, and this is where Foxtel comes in. All matches, including pre-season, home and away finals and the grand final, will be streamed live to customers who subscribe to Telstra's Foxtel on T-Box service, which will be launching shortly. Which is Telstra's IPTV service. They have Foxtel as their content provider for that IPT or for part of that T-Box. Yeah. But Telstra also has its own uh, channels. If you are a Big Pond customer, you can already stream a bunch of Telstra channels. And a new one that they've got is this Telstra Game Analyzer. And if you are a Big Pond customer, and this is to encourage people to sign up to Big Pond, you can actually, uh, you have a cache of every single AFL game shown this year. Ah. And there's also a couple of TVs. I think it's Samsung and there was one other brand. Um, If you have the 2010 or the 2011 model, this AFL, this Telstra AFL and NRL channel just show up as a TV channel on your your internet channels. And you can actually watch every game but not live. I think the Bravi had something like that. Yeah. Yep. So that, so so that is presumably a huge selling point, though, for the for the service. That's the, exactly why. This is why content's becoming so important, because now you might go out and you say, well, I'm not going to get a, a, a Philips, I'm going to get a Samsung, because I get this, this, well, you're not an AFL fan, but someone else that's would. That's pretender I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, I can see that it's, it's, it seems, and we were saying it's actually quite cheap, wasn't it? What they paid for it seemed... Yeah, what, what Telstra, Telstra really got a, a, great, a great deal yeah, for... Yeah, I've, uh, I've got the numbers here. For what is potentially... Uh, the the first step into the future of television in this country. Yeah, so Telstra paid the least out of everyone. Telstra paid about 150 million. Uh, Channel Seven paid about 475 million, and Foxtel paid the most at 600 million. Now Foxtel are going to be able to show every single game live. Yes, but not the grand final. Right. That is still uh, that is still Channel Seven. And Telstra. And Telstra. And I queried Channel 7 on this because they put out a statement to the stock market the next morning saying, we have exclusive rights over showing the grand final live. And I said, hang on, I thought Telstra had the grand final live as well. And they wrote back and said, oh, the grand final live on television. And this is where it gets really interesting because Channel 7 uh, are going to keep – when Telstra shows a game live, they have to show the ads that Channel 7 puts in there. So oh. Channel 7 gets the ad revenue for all of Telstra's audience. And Channel 7 gets the ad revenue for all of Foxtel's audience. How can that work? That sounds bizarre. Well, Channel 7 packages it up and Telstra just streams live whatever okay. Channel 7 is showing. So Channel 7, you know, for every Toyota ad that's on there, everyone watching on the Telstra network will watch that as well. Uh, Foxtel have this deal where they're showing it without ads in between so throughout, you get to watch it throughout the quarter without any ads. But they will be showing Channel 7's ads at the end of each quarter. Right, so you still get to see the, the live 
the live stream, you get to see the ball brought back from the goal to the centre square yep. without going to an ad then. And yep. then at the end of the quarter, all those ads have queued up and are ready to go. I, I'm now confused about the live, though. Isn't everyone now showing this live? Or is Foxtel still not? Foxtel is showing it live. So Telstra, Foxtel and Seven are all... Yes. But Channel 7 are only showing four games a week. Okay. Yep. Out of eight. So you've got incentives to sign up to different people. Channels, Channel 7, it's free. Foxtel, you get to see everything and there's no ads. But, but they will have a, an extra package, an extra AFL package, quite, quite possibly, on top of your, your sports subscription. The, and they're resurrecting an AFL show or an AFL channel that they used to have. Yes. Yeah, yep. they, they, did, they did used to have a, an AFL-specific channel. Yeah. And Telstra uh, get people signing on to either their fixed or their next G network so that they can watch every game live. But is that going to be – we don't know yet if that's going to be a paid service. No, but uh, they already offer something similar for NRL where you get uh, live data, live um, stats – for, uh, during the, during the as they're going in the game, whereas everyone else can only show it at the end of each quarter. Right. And so they already do have some packages, but we don't know exactly what the pricing will be. But we expect they'll they'll charge a, a bit more for that. This is all – I find all of this fascinating because I've been – I'm a big baseball fan and I've got the Major League Baseball app on my phone and I can purchase from Major League Baseball in the US for $50 – the right to see every single baseball game live that I want to see on my phone. I can do that, no problems. And they show their own ads. So mm-hmm. they're, they're getting my revenue from me purchasing the app and from me purchasing a subscription and from Volkswagen buying ads within the baseball so they don't have to show the ads that the uh, vision providers uh, are showing. Uh now, obviously, we don't have the population to sustain that kind of deal. There's, there's no one, one company that can make that much money from, from all of that. But what you've said is that uh, they're going to have to show Channel 7's ads, yes. which means that they can't get really any of their own ad revenue except for... Uh, superimpositions and uh, and other ways that they might be able to get ad revenue. Everything else is going to have to be a subscription base, or yeah, but, or it's going to be a loss leader. But that's how Telstra makes it money. It makes its money. It makes its money from you signing up to a, a two year home broadband deal, or a two year broadband and mobile and AFL deal. And on the channels that they're showing. Um, so this this game analyzer channel that they have just on internet TVs, where you don't you don't actually have to be a Telstra customer to get it if you have it on those these other two TVs. They um, I suspect they're going to be putting advertising on that. So they'll have um, on your whole TV screen about two thirds of it will be taken up by the game, and then the sides will be ads, such as like on the Age website, the ads are on the side. So like like constant banner advertising, just yeah. as you watch. But they're they're still developing this. This hasn't um, – I don't think it's – they've really got it rolling yet. They're still trying to get yeah, people aware of it. N- n- no offence, Lucy, but I don't think the Ages website is the model <laughs> that people want to go on. For, uh, no comment. The, uh, the, uh, so do, Tel- do Telstra have fr- – from your understanding, do they have a really long-term plan with this? Because it, it's – we know about it and it's been hard enough to explain to us. Yep. Uh 
how difficult is it going to be to explain to the Australian public how how long is it going to be before they actually do make a profit when people finally go, oh, well, I'm going to get Big Pond or I'm going to get an XG phone because that's how I get my footy? Well, it depends on how many people care about the footy that much. Like I imagine there'll be a few arguments in households where one person's going, oh, we should get Fox, we should get a Big Pond so we can get the footy and the other person's going, well, maybe we shouldn't because we could get, you know, for a different price or for a, a, another content, we could get it with another company. So... Uh, but Telstra is still the biggest broadband provider in Australia and I imagine and they're the only ones who really could deliver an IPTV product that would satisfy the AFL and everyone getting it out to as many people as possible. Because, yeah, I, I know that uh, iNet, who have become the second largest, mm. still have not been able to sell Fetch TV as a, as a concept to... Uh, to people who even know what they're talking about. And and I've asked a number of times for them to come on and explain the concept mm. and and they've just either declined or, or answered with silence. I think because everyone knows it's a really difficult because, – because it's got the word television in it. And internet. Yes. And people are going, but they- – That's two free things. <laughs> but that's – but they're in different rooms. <laughs> I think that's the biggest problem. They're in different rooms. Well, Optus uh, did do something similar. Do you, you might remember with the World Cup last year, if you're an Optus customer, you could stream every game for free on your mobile phone. And I don't, I don't know if that really caught on because I asked for the figures and I think it was about 140,000 games were, were downloaded – but I don't know if people quite understood that they could literally watch a game for free on their mobile phone or maybe handsets are still a bit too small. I think the interesting point, though, because I'm, I'm an Ionet customer and I have a, a Sony media player for watching content from my computer on my television. Mm. And they send me you know, an email about Fetch TV every 38 minutes. And yet I'm still not remotely interested in getting it because it, it just seems cumbersome and complicated and pointless. And I can actually see how the AFL thing, if there was, you know, they went, oh, we have the exclusive rights to Doctor Who or something. You can actually see how that could be the thing that would push you over that line. Yes. So, yeah, I can imagine that for, for Telstra, when they get this up and running, it's, it's going to be the main thing to try and sell it with. Yeah, it, it will make people curious enough to go and ask, what, what is a T-Box? Because a T-Box is their, they're like their fetch TV device. And so if you, if you get a Telstra T-Box, you also get to um, download movies as well. And, and um, Optus has just brought out... Fetch TV, they announced last week they're signing up with I'm them sorry, as well. T-Box just sounds like a brand of tampon. <laughs> sounds totally it wrong. Just... T-Box is awful. There's also, uh, have you heard of Femto Cells? That's even... <laughs> no, 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 but but should, should I get my girlfriend inoculated? <laughs> they're, um, they're these little uh, devices. They've been around in the US for ages and, and Optus and Vodafone have recently brought them out. And Femto is a, is a measurement like nano, but... Uh, what it does is you plug it into your home uh, fixed internet line and it creates a little miniature 3G network in your home. So you can, uh, if you've got bad reception inside your home, you can plug one of these in and all of a sudden you've got good mobile reception in your home. Oh, but it's, it's like a miniature tower. It's like a miniature tower, but it's just the worst name, femtocell. <laughs> yes, but it, it, like it makes sense now that you explain it. Yeah. It is a very tiny cell. Yes. So it is, it is the size of a, fe- it is a femtocell. <laughs> But, but no, that's just that. That's you know what? That's that's just a bad name for a pedicure salon, <laughs> or it's a fizzy drink from the seventies that never really caught on. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With but with diet, yeah, diet femto cell <laughs> for her. 
Lucy Battersby, I, I hope that you've answered David's question. You've explained it so well. Uh, well, I, I hope it, it's it's come across. Brett, Brett do you have any uh, any last minute? But uh, isn't anti siphoning uh, the the work of God? And if we go against anti siphoning, then we'll all go to hell. Comments. I, 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 I'm starting to think this deal might be the death of AFL. <laughs> How is it the death of AFL? This is this is the thing. This is it's, this it's is the a- final nail in in the the footy culture, the the homegrown footy culture in this country. But in what way though? Because they're all playing it's, it's it live. It's just a feeling I, I have, and this has just uh, come up as as we've had this conversation. Really, I, I need to, to really because you're, you're quite emotional now. It. You're you're a little bit getting violins out. <laughs> you're. Uh, because I would it's, think, though, if it's still alive, that everyone's still having that shared experience, aren't they? Because that's always been one of your big things is the, the shared experience and not walling it off. It's alive as long as you pay for it. Well, it's still live on 7. Who are playing it on television. Well, as they what are we going to see on 7? Are we going to see... Well, You're see we're just going to see the top eight teams Or, or three games and then one game on Channel 9, maybe. Uh, yeah, because, so yeah. so the TV stations haven't yet worked out who if, if, they're gonna, if Channel 7's going to give someone the crumbs. And and are we going? Does that mean that the the poorly performing teams aren't going to get uh, uh, payments from being televised, and so they're going to just become more and more poor? Because I I don't know the answer. So I, I can tell you, um, Channel Seven have agreed to four games: Friday and Saturday night, and Saturday and Sunday afternoon. So it's whoever's scheduled at those times, and I'm sure there's been a lot well, of... Well, the Friday night games have been the the highlight of the week for, for a couple of years now. Mm. Uh, I think I think the AFL will do right by Channel 7 in, in that sense because they're the ones that are going to get the biggest audiences. But don't you see that this is a, a, a possibility for AFL to be introduced into so many other parts of, of the country that... Uh, in places where Telstra is the only mobile coverage that you can get, uh, and so everybody has a Telstra phone, that that then opens up the possibility for everybody in that area to stream AFL games live and find out a little bit more about the game. Couldn't it couldn't it open open that up further, Brett? Mm, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was so hoping you were just going to go. No. <laughs> um, there is something else I wanted to point out is that uh, Telstra already has the IPTV rights for NRL. So I'm sure you guys, there's, a, there's some equivalent people up in New South Wales at the moment talking about um, who's going to get the rights for NRL because their rights come up for negotiation uh, pretty soon. And also the V8 supercars. Telstra currently has exclusive IPTV rights for V8 supercars. Wow. They're up for negotiation soon. Uh, I thought we were talking about sport. <laughs> hey, 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 V8 supercars. That's driving. Is a, that, is, that is a... It's a method of locomotion. <laughs> it is It is an amazing sport, V8 supercars. I won't hear a word against it. Only because you're hanging out for the accidents. No, I'm not. Really? really? It's, it's man and machine coming together. It's engineering and intelligence. It's... It's 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 primal and and it's futuristic at yeah, the same time. That's the number ninety six tram. I don't, I don't want to watch it on telly. <laughs> uh, and we've also got um, the football, the cricket, and the Australian Open tennis all coming up for broadcast rights um, in the next couple of years. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with IPTV as compared to the 
traditional, so-called traditional medias. But at the moment, you think it's just Telstra, really? Is that your? Th- I mean, we don't think Ironet well, or Fetch TV is going to have uh, the cash to. Are, are Telstra li- likely to, to do a clean sweep? Well, I I don't know. I don't know if there's any. Um, Restrictions on how much they could have. I don't know if the ACCC is going to start looking into uh, Competition Consumer Commission is going to start looking into how much Telstra has. Optus currently has the rights for uh, soccer and tennis, and Three and Vodafone have the rights for cricket. So um, I imagine they'll all well, be bidding it as well. Yeah, and Three's sponsorship of cricket has has been huge, and I I actually do know people who got Three mobiles so that they could watch the cricket. On their on their mobile phones, uh, and then for the rest of the year, we're not very happy. But during summer, <laughs> during summer, they love that stuff. And we we did see last year uh, some international criticism about Telstra being so closely linked with Foxtel and and uh, covering both of those uh, avenues of broadcast or, or, or delivery systems. Um, that uh, who, who does those those international tables and rankings of countries? Oh, like OECD? Yeah, it might, be, it might have been OECD. That, that's a dictionary, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, clearly this is, is, this is what they were, what they were predicting was going to come up. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where we go with monopolies and stuff. Yeah, and 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 you know, I mean, Telstra's got the fifty percent stake in Foxtel, so they're I'm sure they'll all work very well together to uh, to get what they all feel they need. So, but the winner at the end of the day is football. Yes, it's no, it's it's fans, isn't it? It's uh, you know what? I think it's information. I think uh, I think it's it's the general knowledge of the box cutters listener is the winner. At the end of the day, Lucy Battersby, thank you so much for joining us on Box Cutters. We'll have a link to all of your articles on Fairfax Papers uh, as they appear online, which are, uh, you know, the ones that they deem worthy to go online because they don't put everything online. That's not your fault. Well, thank you. And, uh... <laughs> Where do the others go? I don't know, but do you remember they that we had... go away. Do you remember that we had that article about us in the Green Guide a couple of years ago? Yeah. But the technology and section isn't automatically put up on the on website. The, on the website, so we had to take a photo of it and put it up on our site so that people could read it. From <laughs> to the, prove it happened. I, I believe that is still the way things work on the, on the web at Fairfax. Lucy, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for calling me an expert. <laughs> It's true that Box Cutters comes to you free of charge every week with some of the greatest news and opinion about television that there is in this whole wide world. It's also true that it takes a lot of time and hard work to put together every episode. We're trying to expand the coverage we give to the world of television, but we need your help. Every dollar that you donate to Box Cutters goes to helping the wheels keep turning on the hours of research, planning and coordinating that goes into making each episode. Please donate to Box Cutters by going to the website at boxcutters.net and clicking on one of the donate options. It would mean a lot to us and will directly translate into better content for use. The, oh, that, that ends so that's weird. Yeah. So the jungle drums from Tarzan? It is the jungle drums from Tarzan. Is it the Johnny Weissmuller of Tarzan? Or? Yes. Yep. Yes. And uh, the jungle drums from there. And the jungle drums. And then the jungle drums just die like uh, like a rhino has been shot. Well, every second Melbourne night has become a sort of instant connoisseur. You can chat knowledgeably about Cabaret Reds and uh, Steak Bernays. 
You're reading from Grand Kennedy's Melbourne, aren't you? Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You. He brought uh, so much culture to this town. You know that he's having uh, some culture there. Look, look, he's hoeing into some culture. Yeah, he's totally, he's totally got a plate full of non sequitur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at her. She's got a thing and a thing. Oh my god. Is that a fish? Oh. <laughs> uh, this is, um, if you've just joined us, this is John Richards' Points at Books. If you want to know what he's talking about, check out the video podcast. Uh, there is no video podcast. Well, hey. Why is he pointing at books then? So. <laughs> Onions. Come on, explain that, Josh Canal. Why is he pointing at it books? It must be a video podcast. There, no, no. That's, <laughs> that, that's foolish reasoning. <laughs> that's, I can't abide that at all. Lone Star is a TV series. It was a TV series. Actually, it was, was it two series? episodes. <laughs> really? Just the two? Just the two episodes. It started, it started last year on Fox. It was a mid-season replacement. Uh, no, sorry. It was a start, it was a, a start, start of the, uh, in, the, in the fall season. Uh, started on 20th of September. Uh, its first episode went to air, 20th of September. Its last episode went to air, 27th of September, 2010. Uh, they announced the cancellation the day after. Both episodes rated very, very low. The second episode had a little bit of growth, I think, but just nowhere near enough. There was a little bit of a Twitter campaign. A lot of uh, a, a lot of Hollywood people really got behind it in in their tweets. Damon Lindelof, uh, one of the co-creators of Lost, was a very big supporter. So of what was it? Uh, it was a show about uh, con men in Texas. Uh, this uh, one character and his father, but the con man uh, who we're following, not his father, the, the con man who we're following, has set up a life for himself as part of a long con in a small town in Texas. He what? has also set up a life for himself in Houston, a very large city in Texas, in... Both towns, he has a wife. One, he lives a very quiet, uh, regular suburban life. And in the other, it's a high-flying corporate life. And he wants to go legit. With both lives. So has he done the con? He's done, he's done the con. And, but he's still there. And he's still there. And this is, this is part of the problem. So the first two episodes built up all this intrigue. How is he going to live this life? How is he going to, to consolidate this? How, how is he going to rectify all these, situ- these situations? When you've got what a happens- con like that, don't you do it and then disappear? And then disappear. And yeah. Meanwhile, his dad is still trying to play another con using one or both of the situations that the son is in. And was this a, a drama or a comedy? It was a drama. Or a dramedy? Or a com- it, no, no, it was a, it, it a one-hour drama, and it was really nicely paced. Uh, written by, uh, I think his name is Craig Killen, uh, who was one of the... Uh, oh, he, he's, he was the writer of a film that is coming out shortly called The Beaver, which stars oh. Mel Gibson. Yeah. And it's directed by Jodie Foster. And, uh, and, and Mr. Killen had a terrible year last year because he wrote a film called The Beaver, which starred Mel Gibson. And was directed by Jodie Foster. <laughs> and Mel Gibson had a terrible year last year. Mm-hmm. Therefore, Mr. Killen had a terrible year last year. And then Lone Star got cancelled after two episodes. Uh, and, and that's just kind of tragic because it had a lot of promise. 
but it didn't grab you the way that these, you know, you you rattled off a, a list of shows earlier. One of them was Detroit One Eight Seven, which has a really powerful start to it, uh, but no substance. Like it's really lots of stuffs happening. People are shouting at each other. There's uh, somebody's got a secret, but you don't really care about any of it. No one's really acting their socks off. No one's really uh, committed to a role. Everyone's just kind of turned up and and are going through the the roles of a police procedural. Would you say the same thing about the Chicago Code? Uh, yeah, the, the sh- big start. The Chicago Code had a really big start. Uh, the acting was a bit better in, in the Chicago Code from most people, not from Flashdance. Mm-hmm. Uh, she Jennifer Bills. she wasn't she she wasn't really credible. Uh, but you know, interesting interesting bit of casting. Uh, so what happened with Lone Star? With Lone Star, they just didn't have Fox's. So so this was on Fox in the states, and they just didn't have. Their support. Uh, it was in a really bad time slot. Uh, there was no chance for it to, to gain an audience. And they'd made five episodes or, uh, or six episodes. I was going to ask, obviously, yeah, two go to air, but there must have been more. But there's, there's still only six? Uh, six episodes. Only five of them even got titles. Uh, Kyle Killen is his name. Sorry, so possibly, this, possibly it was Kyle abandoned Killen. and the six wasn't even completed from the sound of it. Uh yeah, quite possibly. Um, two air dates. It's really, it's it's really sad because I wanted to know, I, I wanted to know at least where they were going to go with it. Uh, and even if they'd only had one season, you could go, oh, that's interesting. Because that's or, not even following Brett's rule of three, which just seems, you know, mad. Why yeah, wouldn't know. Why wouldn't the channel just follow Brett's rule of three? If they're already spending so much money on it, yeah, you think at least three seems a reasonable. Go. Yeah, mm. but never even aired. Like, they didn't even go, oh, we'll just chuck it up at midnight. Never even bothered to air it. Never even bothered to put it on their website. I, I don't think anyone's seen it. Uh, the So, yeah, really, really weird. That's good die young. Sometimes they die very, very young. So there you go, audience. That's so, the show you never saw, you've never heard of, and you'll never find. As bad as uh, Paul Reiser or... Uh, what was that musical thing with uh, Hugh Jackman? Oh, um, uh, One by some black v- hole. Um, yeah, v- Viva Loughlin. Viva Loughlin. Yeah. Uh, it was way, way better than Viva Loughlin, uh, but didn't have you know the camp factor of Viva Loughlin. Uh, and so much better than Paul Reiser. See, because this, this uh, is called The Good Die Young, which is why we're not going to cover Paul Reiser. <laughs> Uh, next week, who knows what we're going to cover in Good Day Young? Not me. Postman. I have a letter. Did you read it? You're a godsend. Savior. No, I'm, I'm just the postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. My bottom was slapped for the first time, and I admitted my first howl in a house in Camden Street, East St Kilda. Josh. Is that is is that a letter? Uh, no, no. So that was uh, just a gift from uh, Graham Kennedy's mailman. Look, here's, what, a, here's a picture of some people outside Flinders Street Station in 1967. It looks exactly like now, except for that sign. Except for the BP, BP sign. sign. Yeah, that's it, really. 
That's uh, when there was a BP house too. Do, does he um, mention? Does he mention what, his? Uh, what's his... he talking about? Getting his bottom slapped? What? When he, he came he, when he's he was born. born. You see, it's hilarious. You think he's talking about something else? Um, there's another. There's another house that he lived in in, in Nelson Street. I'm wondering if it mentions that because now there is. The, they did put a plaque up uh, <laughs> for, for that house in in Nelson Street. The plaque is the pl- park is pretty much covered in weeds now. The house is so run down, and it's it's one. Of, you know when you see rental houses and they've got stickers on the front windows, <laughs> like like STP. Three, yeah, and and three XY Roxy St Kilda and and stuff like that. That's uh, that's this this. It's it's sad. It's it's really really sad. That's historical. <laughs> Not those three XO rocks. It's uh, it's sad. Is uh, is 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 so. We got a, we got a letter to Box the Greater Melbourne Three KZ from Tim uh, Tim Lockwood. He lives in Berlin, and uh, and he said, uh, Brett, have you got this up? Because you're going to need to click on a link. Uh, he says TV over here is a bit odd. Is that being Berlin? Big mix of US dubbed uh, or imitation programs. So, uh, like Next Top Model Germany mm-hmm. uh, or Germans, G- Germany's Next Top Model, uh, which I think we all Gintem. watched uh, in Eurovision. Yes. That's, uh, ich bin ein Model Berliner. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, he says the, the main difference here is the stations are more, quote, local. The two ABC-style channels, uh, which would be the national broadcasters ARD and ZDF, and the commercial channels RTL and ProSieben, are what you would expect. Then there is a plethora of localised versions with news and talk from the area you live in. Much more interesting, he says. Each major city has its own version of the long-running detective series, Tatort. Roughly translated as Scene of the Crime. This is a brilliant opening theme reminiscent of the old Hunter series with Tony, question mark, that screened in Australia in the late 60s, early 70s, complete with eye shots, running man. He says to put it on the video podcast. I say, Tim, we, there, there is no video podcast. Uh, the, um, I'll put it in just after where John pointed it. Yeah. Uh, picture. Yeah. yeah. Good on, good on for you, Brett. Uh, the, uh, the opening credits to Tatort are sensational. <laughs> now, this this is a series that has been going on for some 20-something, 30-something years, and the opening credits have stayed pretty much the same the entire time. The music has stayed the same. The style of credits has stayed the same. Uh, so, you know, you, you're only going to hear the music, but even the music, you'll, you'll just go, wow, I want to watch that show. <laughs> I say Germany, douze points. Douze points. Douze points. It's it's excellent and and exciting. And the thing is, different regions, different countries, all have their own version of Tatort. But the thing, when you say different regions, as in like it's a drama. It's I'm a, saying, with completely different actors and with completely diff- different actors. So I, I did mean to uh, get this up on. So it's uh, like CSI Wangaratta or something. Uh, yeah, kind of. Wow. Or how uh, MBN and and Win TV aren't showing uh, Come Fly with Me. 
they'd, they'd be showing their own gum flight with me. It's, it's a bit too rawty for the country people. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, so so they have um, different stations throughout throughout Europe. Uh, so there's uh, some from Austria, uh, different parts of Germany all make their own versions of Tatort. So uh, Cologne, Hamburg, Frankfurt have their own versions of, of Tatort. They've all made different numbers of episodes. And so I, su- I suppose they would get together. So you don't just have the crime in one city, mm-hmm. would be my understanding. You have the crime all over the place. But it's a bit like a CSI kind of franchise, sort of. Sort of, but then they but chop and change. See them all. No, and it's they all kind of minute. share credits, but have different. But they all have the same style credit, the same theme song. There was, I mean, historically and obviously quite different. But that thing of the you know the dawn of television in Australia, where um, different states would have have obviously different things. But uh, Deadly Earnest was a presenter of late night horror horror movies, horror movies on Channel Ten or, a bit like, or uh, Channel uh, Mistress Elvira. Like Elvira, uh, but interestingly, he was played not only by a different person in each state but was a completely different character in each state. So the Melbourne version was this sort of ghoul, uh, I've just forgotten the gentleman's name, but he would come out of this coffin at the beginning and he had a puppet called Claw, whereas other states would have like a very sort of suave, almost hip 60s vampire. And, That's and uh, actually how Sir Eric Pierce uh, kicked off his He kicked off his career. career. He was, he was yeah, one was of the states. Shane Porteous was, was one of the Deadly Earnest as well, but oh. they were allowed to create their own Deadly Earnest, which I think is, re- is really interesting because... You were just broadcasting it live to the local area, so let them do what they want. He's and Humphrey as well, Humphrey BBA. And he reinterpreted it in each state. You know, the yeah. Queensland here's Humphrey was so much more violent. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, it's kind of spooky because he would just be on screen mouthing words. And it, was like, <gasps> it was frightening, breathless, frightening. So I thought I thought that was great. I, I love little postcards from uh, from other parts of the world. If you live. In a country that is not Australia, and you listen to box cutters, please send One us of an the email. Ones that gets uh, some canal plus. Yeah, yeah. All uh, the Azerbaijani listeners. Yes, if if you if you listen in Azerbaijan, uh, if you're please. willing to put up uh, John <laughs> next to your couch. Yeah, yeah. If if you live in Azerbaijan and you have a couch, John has a back that could lie on that couch. Uh, send us an email, hooray at boxcutters.net, or use the contact us form. On the website at boxcutters.net. I believe it is. Ooh. Peter said that he was putting it back. Pretty cool. Uh, that's on the newly designed website. Uh, no, that's still uh, that's still coming. Although we have got finalisation on the on the design, and it's hot. Excellent. Uh, when do we get to sign off and uh, or give feedback? Uh, we're getting it for free, so shut up. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's it. Yes, the the form is back. Hey. Uh, at boxcutters.net. High tech. Oh, yeah. Tell you. Totally. Totally high tech. Uh, yeah. Let us know. Drop us a line. Tell us what television is like in your part of the world. If you watch one thing. John Richards, if you were going to watch one thing. All those things. children now, they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Lacan children. It's it's so bad for me, but every time I say a cat on an old television show, it's the first thing I think because I really like cats. And I'm always thinking, that cat's probably dead now. <laughs> and by the time I've thought through that, I've missed the point of what's going on. Um, if I was going to watch one thing through the magic of digital versatile disc, I have been watching series one of Spirited, the Claudia Carvin, Matt King 
dramedy, let's say. Matt King, the English stand-up. Yeah, English stand-up, Matt King. He's still still in Australia. Yeah, uh, he came back to do this. Now, Um, you you say dramedy, I say rip-off of Ghost and Mrs. Muir. Oh, yeah, totally rip-off of Ghost and Mrs. Muir. Although, to be fair... It's interesting, there was a brilliant article written by, I want to say Ian R. Banks, even though I might be making that up, in The Guardian recently saying how whenever anyone does science fiction, whenever anyone who's a, you know, a reputable author does science fiction, they think they've been groundbreaking when they're usually just copying the most hoary old cliches from the 30s and no one ever tells them to shut the hell up, um, which is the one of the only forms that happens in... So I wouldn't be at all surprised if these people have no idea that they are just ripping off the ghost of Mrs. Muir. <laughs> you know, they, may, they may not have realised... It is, but I think it's really good, and I'm really enjoying the three episodes I've seen so far. Um, I do enjoy a bit of Claudia Carvin. I think she's a good actor. I think it's interesting she's playing a quite borderline unlikable character, which is always an interesting thing, since she's also creator of this show and a producer, that she's wanted to give herself quite a brittle character to play. Uh, Matt King, I'm enjoying very much, and uh, so I will be watching episode four. Brittle, was that a dentistry pun? It it wasn't, but it could be. Because she plays a dentist. She does play a dentist. Uh, now, you're watching that also for uh, a, a, a panel that you're doing, a continuum? Yes. Yes, we're doing a panel. Continuum, the uh, science fiction convention in Melbourne, and I can't remember any of the dates apart from that. It's no, June. yeah, it's June, June sometime. It's you're, doing, you're doing some panels, I'm doing some panels, we're doing some panels together. I believe we are. We're doing a panel about uh, why doesn't Australia make science fiction or fantasy for adults? We make lots and lots of it for kids. Why don't we do any for grown-ups? Yeah, that's that's one that we're doing together, and we're also uh, hopefully going to look at Outland. Yeah, yeah, we're doing that together. I didn't yeah. realize that until they sent me that email. So that's yeah. exciting. Yeah, that's exciting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what I was doing I, until they sent me that email. I went, "You're doing this one." So yeah, I'm also doing one about uh, podcasting with uh, with uh, Mondi in Mond uh, mm-hmm. and some other people. So so that'll be fun. Uh, that's continuum coming up in June. Check your local guides. Queen's birthday weekend or something. It's Quite possibly birthday weekend. My one thing for the week is uh, it's kind of all over on Go. Uh, Channel 9 is one of their multicasting channels. Uh, Reno 911, which we've never really, I don't think, spoken about on the show. Uh, I do enjoy it. Uh, It just seems they're really... Throwing them out. This is the mo- mockumentary comedy. Is that um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. pl- little police department. Uh, it's in Reno, Nevada. Yes, um, which it's kind of cost. is it too surreal? I don't think it's too surreal. I you think enjoy it's, it? It's it's fun. Like it's okay. It's I. It's not the sort of thing that I would tune in every week to watch. But if I was, if I had the luxury of having time to just flick channels. And I came across Reno nine one one. I would watch it for at least you know at least until the next ad break. Mm. I, I steady on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I, uh, I know. and and you're okay with it? Uh, kind of just going in at any episode. Any episode because they're they're pretty much standalone. I mean, there's maybe some backstory here and there, but. Who knows? Who cares? It's, it's all about the it's all difference. about the joke at the moment. Uh, on go, it's on at eleven fifty p.m. on uh, Tuesday, the seventeenth of May. Twelve twenty a.m. on Wednesday, the eighteenth, and three and three thirty a.m. on Saturday, the twenty-first of May. Over this next week, Amazing Race Australia. It's Amazing Race Australia. Oh, the Amazing Race Australia. The Amazing Race Australia. You're a bit excited, aren't you? The Amazing Race Australia. You didn't get chosen, though. You I did. I know. I, well, I, I didn't enter. You didn't find a way around the rules. I d- you didn't yeah, find I a way couldn't. Of, no. I couldn't find a way around the rules. And and and, and it's it's annoying because remember, my brother and I were going to be Urban Couch Jews. Mm. That was going to be our That's whole nice. team shtick. And there are a, a couple of uh, 
urban couch Muslims. So, so do we know who's who, Actually, who have taken our shtick? I did read about the urban. It's, it's, and it's they the, are hilarious. The Momos, Muhammad and Mustafa. I would yeah, say my head. it's Mo, Mo and Mo's. I did remember the Momos. They were saying just it was a hilarious interview where they're saying basically we're we're two you know um, Islamic people running around airports with backpacks <laughs> in a hurry to get places. They were saying we do get slowed down an awful lot more than the other contestants because we keep being searched. <laughs> and it was a brilliant interview. It's, that was very funny. They are they are really really funny and. And I, I would have loved the opportunity for the Urban Couch Jews and the Urban Couch Muslims to work together <laughs> in solidarity against all the other teams that just, you know, come, come b- between our, our differences of who likes to sit on what kind of couch. Also, is my understanding of our differences. <laughs> I, I, um, but I, I, it's, I just want to do is a bit of a spoiler. Apologies for this, but there is a Thirty Rock episode. Have you seen where? Liz Lemon gets convinced that her next door neighbour is a terrorist, but it turns out he's yes. actually just auditioning for for yes. Amazing Race. <laughs> yes. The, 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 Amazing Race Australia is is one of, it's one of the best. Uh, so I've seen the first episode. It is one of the best first episodes of Amazing Race that I've seen in a long time. Really exciting. The teams that they've chosen are just excellent. There are people to barrack for, and there are people so, so to. So who have we got? To, Give us a rundown. What, what are the what are the minorities uh, we've managed to create? The uh, new minorities. There are uh, there there are two uh, two uh, larger. Older women who work in a big W somewhere. Uh, there's a, a lot of voice in Australia uh, in, in this. There's a couple of, uh, I, you know, I probably unfairly call them broke back, but a couple of, uh, of, of farm boys uh, who, uh, who have gotten very close in, in recent years. Uh, and, and they're very entertaining. Uh, there are, they call themselves models. We think they might be fitness models. Because they don't have the, they are a, a little bit more buff than uh, than your fashion model, uh, and and they're a team to watch because they seem to know what they're doing. Uh, there's a brother and sister. The brother is a poker player. The sister, I think, likes chickens or something. That's a bit normal. That doesn't quite sound, you know, pithy enough as a description that you should get in these things. Well, and I, um, it, you know, I, I like to play pick the. Uh, Pick the team that's going to go out first, first, and uh, and I picked that brother and sister. Mm-hmm. I thought they were they they were because there was not really much. It's not ex clowns, yes, no yeah, of, yeah. You need yeah. something else. Uh, and uh, and Lyndall picked uh, entrepreneurs, this entrepreneur husband and wife team uh, who have and I, I actually I might bring it in for quotes. Next week, because uh, they've got a slogan, a three-word slogan mm-hmm. that they uh, oh that they like to have for their entrepreneurship. A mission statement for the it show. It is a team name. Such an exciting series. I, I mean, I say that I've only seen the first episode, but the first episode was uh, it, it's a ninety-minute episode. Really, really exciting. I've seen a lot of Amazing Race in my in my time, and this is excellent. It's the same team that brought us Amazing Race Asia. So, and, th- so there is some international travel involved. It's not yes, right? Okay, in, in the first Bunbury. in the first episode, they do uh, go straight to Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, which is you know almost overseas. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know where you're going to send a bunch of Australians. Bali, the uh, they're from Perth. Yeah, yeah again, saving some cash. So yes, yeah, just <laughs> save some cash if they have to go home. It's not that far. Uh, so yeah, the same same company that brought us Amazing Race Asia 
And you can really see the skill level has improved so much from so, the so, first series. So you're saying that's a different company from... From the, the US. Okay. So... Different uh, production company. Different production company from, from the US. But this, they've got it down now. They've, they've really worked it out. Grant Bowler doing an excellent version of Australian Phil. Uh, so I'm a big fan of Grant Bowlers. I, I've always I, I I want to get him on the show so we can ask him about Atlas Shrugged. The uh, well, we're the uh, we're, he's just been we're trying <laughs> we're trying to get him on the show because you know he's perfect because he's got the helicopter experience for Amazing Race from Medivac mm. and uh, and the uh, the hosting experience from the Mall. So he knows exactly what he's doing. And he was a vampire. And, no, he was a werewolf on True Blood. A, a, a werewolf. werewolf. I'm, I'm sure that'll be useful at some point. That, that, that'll be useful. And, and uh, uh, ship captain? A, sh- a, a ship's, ship's captain, ship's captain and, uh, and uh, an uh, ex-criminal. Ex-criminal. In, uh, yeah. So, you know, he's, he's really got all bases covered for The Amazing Race. It's Monday nights, uh, 8.30, I want to say, on Channel 7. If you're listening to the live uh, stream here, that was five minutes that ago. That was five so minutes ago. Uh, but... You know, catch it up. It'll be on Channel 7 Catch Up, uh, I'm guessing, on, on their website. Uh, watch it. I love The Amazing Race, and this is a really great season of it. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Well, and that brings us to the end of uh, Box Cutters episode 264. Does anybody have any quick pork? Uh, $350 a unit uh, for set-top boxes for pensions. Including installation. Okay. Installation. It's been controversial, apparently. The, the, installation, the installation has been controversial because electricians are worried that uh, people are going to get ripped off and corners are going to be cut. Installing a set-top box. It's plugging it in. Got to plug it into the TV. Got to plug it into the wall. Uh, but also 12 months support. Really? Which, uh, yeah. I do wonder, though, that... I've fallen and I you, can't get you up. You can lose well, a lot of time the concept of this, though, yeah. Also, because I'm wondering with this sort of thing, are they just going to go in and find it's, it's the 70s TV that's a big box thing and has no, like, RCA inputs or anything else to actually plug this? It could just be like your Or house even if it was European. Well, no, my, house, my house has RCA yeah. inputs. Let's, you know, it's, it's not the, the backwards... Go- my, my, my CRT's pretty good. It's, right. It just doesn't have HDMI or <laughs> okay. SCART. You know, if it was if it was still CRT but it was a lever, you'd still be dealing with SCART and having to get it all running through there. Yeah, more things have SCART now than RCA, it seems. Sad. Really? Oh, no. Sad. Uh, your bit of pork. Oh, I just want to say it's been a grim struggle against insularity and prejudice, but we seem to have won out at last. That's, again, from Graham <laughs> Kennedy. For a closeted gay man, that's quite ironic. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, thanks so much to, uh, to Lucy Battersby for coming in and talking to us all about the AFL rights and, uh, and also touching just a little bit on the NRL rights and other sports as well, in case you're interested in any of those. Uh, she's, uh, you, and you and can driving, her, she talked about a little bit too. And driving. You can find her, uh, driving's a sport. No, uh, you can find not. <laughs> her work on Fairfax newspaper websites. It's like saying poker is sport. also in the actual papers, if anyone buys those. I don't think they do. I still see them around. Yeah, the price went up recently. Did I, they? Did I, they? Did the price really go up? Yep. I to, read them in cafes. To one right. That, that's the only place I ever see a paper, paper. But I, I go to a cafe and I read it there. Right. I go to a cafe and I read my phone. See, I, I had tried that. It feels weird and it looks weird to me. It's like I don't know. There's something wrong about seeing a cafe reading your phone. Whereas reading a newspaper. I do that if there's not a paper around. Yeah, I have done that too. But yeah. I feel I feel dirty. Uh, I hope uh, I hope you get better, Courtney. Uh, and well, you know, I know you're going to get better. It's probably just a cold or something. Well, but you know, I hope you get better soon. We are. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. 
is is what I'm saying. Uh, and uh, thank you very much, John, for coming in last minute and uh, and filling Courtney's very sexy shoes. Ooh, they are sexy shoes. Thank you, Courtney. Until Let's heal, yeah, I know. God, I thought you were tall before. I didn't think I could walk in them, but I can. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next time. Same bat time. Same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards. Brett Cropley is our audio engineer. Peter Wilson coaxes all the bits out of our servers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell everyone you know and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That will help other people find us and would mean a lot. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world. Find them in Melbourne, Australia on 102.7 FM or at rrr.org.au. There are lots of ways you can contact us and you'll find them all at our website at boxcutters.net. The Aborigines became superb horsemen and for a while Melbourne could boast a very colourful mounted police. But we lost them all apparently when gold was discovered in 1850. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.